Well, no doubt you have opened, well, some of you may not have, but many of you will have opened your Christmas gifts by now. I certainly have. I opened mine yesterday. I usually try and get them three or four days ahead of time, but that's always a bit of a battle. But I'm slowly getting there. But I wonder if you got what you wanted. Did you drop enough hints? You have got to drop hints. If you want, well, otherwise you're going to end up complaining that you didn't get what you want. So Brian, for weeks, bugged his parents about getting him a watch for Christmas. Finally, his dad had had enough, and he said, if you mention that watch again, you're not going to get one. Any parents know what that's like? Is, have you experienced that? Yeah, okay, okay. His father said, quit bugging us. One night, Brian is asked to say grace before dinner. He said, I would like to quote a Bible verse, Mark 13, 37. I say unto you what I've already told you before, watch. <laughs> Good for Brian. The problem with society, we can spend most of our Christmas looking for so many things we really miss the very heart of Christmas, or we give it a bit of lip service, but it's not what captivates us. Not what captivates us through the Christmas period. Yeah, we know it's the birth of the Savior. We know Jesus came and he born to die. We know all that, but does it capture our hearts? So it remains a focus. So we're out looking for so many things. We look for the perfect gift. I don't know how many of you did that today. This shop and that shop and the other shop and da-da-da. You look for the perfect gift. Or maybe you look for the perfect card that you wanted to give someone. Or maybe you look for a bargain. <laughs> or two bargains. <laughs> or three bargains. It's all on tomorrow, I understand. Boxing Day. At the first Christmas 2,000 years ago, a lot of people missed it because they were too busy doing other things. Stress at Christmas time is a curse to keep us un out of focus with Jesus. We just got to really watch it. Don't be controlled by what the world does to us. You control what happens on your Christmas. Stress, try and avoid it if you can. They were too busy doing other things. Politicians missed the first Christmas. The business folk missed the first Christmas. Even the innkeeper turned away Jesus. I'm sure he lived to regret that. He must have. The religious community missed Jesus. And you know, that can be us. I know that's speaking of the Pharisees and Sadducees, but we're the religious community. And we can get so caught up in everything else that we actually miss the enormity of the birth of Jesus and the season that this is. We can be as busy as everyone else. The ones who did really enjoy the first Christmas were those who were looking for the right thing, those who were looking for Jesus. I ask you a question, what have you looked for most this Christmas? If you had to be honest, which you may not want to be on Christmas Day, but if you spent most of your time looking for the right card, the right present, the right turkey, <laughs> or ham, or whatever it is, or if you spent the most time looking for Jesus, more of Him in your life, 
Somehow the world has, an, has a way of even distracting believers from really focusing in on the Savior of the world. Well, the shepherds and the wise men, they found Jesus because they were searching for him. Let's go to Matthew chapter 2. It's just great, this. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he? They were looking. They were searching. That's the right spirit at Christmas. Searching, looking. Where is he? Who has been born king of the Jews, for he's seen a star in the east. Amazing story how they followed the star and have come. Christmas Day, to worship Him. That was the focus of their Christmas Day, folks, was worship. (laughs) Worship Him. They didn't get distracted with everything else. Somehow they were able to keep zeroed in and kept Jesus at the center, which you and I want to do. People today are searching. There's a thirst for spiritual truth. And even you and I have it. Time, Magazine, Newsweek, other publications have cover stories like Life After Death, Clear View of Heaven, Who is God? Why do publishers have these cover stories? Because they sell. People want to know there's a hunger for spiritual truth, for spiritual things. People are asking questions like, is there meaning to life? Is living working? Getting a job, getting married, having kids? Going home, watching TV, going to bed and dying, is that all there is to life? Is that it? Do you know that question is what got me saved? Decades ago, I was at university, just about finished my two degrees, and I began to think, is this it? Like, is this at the top of the tree? Is this this all there is? I'm born, I go to school, university, study hard, have a social life, eventually get married, have kids, have a job and, and die, and is that it? Even as a non-Christian, something in me said, there's something missing. I'm missing something. And that's what led me to Jesus. That's what, how I got saved. Something told me there was more to life. You see, friends, the whole world is searching. The whole world is searching. They're looking for answers. So they try every different thing going under the sun. But the problem is they don't know what they're searching for. And I'll tell you why the world is searching. It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, which says, He has also set eternity in the human heart. Eternity, it's in the human heart. Everyone knows. They can't explain it. They don't fully understand. But everyone knows that this life is not it. There is something else. There is something beyond. They don't know where to look for the beyond. They don't understand the beyond. So they search and they search and they search. They search in every possible direction but they never find. Why? Because they don't know what they're searching for. The world can never satisfy. There's a search for something beyond in every human heart. So all the success, the fortune, the popularity, even the good looks, massive likes on social media, heaps of friends, it just does not satisfy in the end It leaves you empty. That's why Hollywood is just such a disaster. The wealthiest, most beautiful, famous people in the world, they reckon have more psychologists per capita than any other part of the world. Why? Because 
This stuff doesn't do it. Doesn't satisfy. And too often our problem is we don't know what we're looking for. We think we're looking for happiness, so we go out and try and find whatever we think will bring us happiness. But we're actually not looking for happiness. We think we're looking for love. So we go out and try and find that someone who's going to fill that gap in our lives, fill the emptiness. Or we think we're looking for significance or success, and so we go, we go in pursuit of all of that. It's what the world is doing, isn't it? Looking for all these things for love and success and popularity. And, but at the end of the day, people are still searching and left somewhat empty. Because what we're really looking for is God. See, God has placed in you a God-shaped vacuum that nothing else will ever fill. And even as a Christian, there's still that God-shaped vacuum. Now, you've got God in there already, but what you need is more of Him to fill that vacuum fully and completely. So think about the world in which we live. Billions, seven billion people on the planet They've all got this God-shaped vacuum. They're searching, they're looking, they're hunting, they're pursuing. They never find. And emptiness remains in the human heart. And sin abounds on every side. Everyone has a gaping hole in their soul. We're all seekers, even as Christians, folks. There's a gaping hole in your soul. You can look everywhere you like, but you're not going to fill it except with more of God. You see, I've walked with God for decades, and I still have emptiness in my soul. I still am searching in my soul for more. And the trap for me is I want more. Maybe I can go after more popularity, more success, more people buying my books. But I've worked something out. I can't always fully live it, but I've worked out that those things will never satisfy me. Those things will never do the job. What I'm really searching for to fill the emptiness is more of God. And so that's what I've got to go after with everything within me. And see, the wonder of Christmas is this. Every Christmas points us again to the answer to all our longings. Come on. That's it. Every Christmas points you to the answer to everything you're searching for, which is Jesus. Wow. How good of God. And you can find Jesus this Christmas If you already know him, you can find him in a deeper way. So coming back to Christmas gifts, you may not have received the gift you wanted. Well, God bless you regardless. Sorry. Or you may feel that others got a better deal than you. You hear about someone who got given this or that or the other, and you think, man, and all I got was (laughs) power unlimited. (laughs) You feel shortchanged. Well, I've got some good news for you. Really, really good news. That there are gifts available to you this Christmas that I'm going to share with you that are going to blow your mind. Gifts that will make any other gift you've ever received in your life look totally insignificant. 
Who would like to know what these gifts are? Oh, get ready for this. Get ready for this. You won't find these gifts under any tree. <laughs> no amount of money, all the money in the world, trillions and zillions of dollars can't buy these three gifts I'm going to tell you about today. So let's go. Let's find the first one. It's found in Matthew 1, 21. She will give birth to a son. And you ought to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The first gift for you to unwrap this Christmas is the gift of forgiveness. Now, some of you think, oh, what a letdown. Hold on a moment. Sin keeps you out of heaven. Forgiveness through Jesus gets you into heaven and eternity with him forever. There can be no greater gift to unwrap this Christmas than the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Unwrap, unwrap the Christmas gift. Unwrap it and enjoy it. We need a savior. Jesus came and died on a cross for our sins so we could be forgiven. Now I read this statement. The head of a large English mental hospital Mental hospital. This is what he said. I was shocked. He said, I could dismiss half my patients tomorrow, half, if they could be assured of forgiveness. Wow. Forgiveness. It's a massive struggle for mankind today. Because all of us, if we're honest, we have a couple of skeletons in the closet. Things we've done or said or thought that we're ashamed of. And if you haven't done any of that, you are Jesus. Because <laughs> he's the only sinless person that ever walked. And those things leave us with regret, with torment, with guilt, with condemnation. But Jesus forgives us of every sin we have ever committed and sets us free. Christmas card said this, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If money, an economist. If our greatest need was pleasure, he would have sent an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness, so God sent the Savior. So each of us can be forgiven of every conceivable sin. No sin is too great that the blood of Jesus can't cleanse and wash and you find forgiveness for. It doesn't matter how terribly you have sinned. It doesn't matter what disastrous things you have done. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. You can be forgiven of every conceivable sin. And if you're not sure how to go about that, buy this book, Power Unlimited. It's all about the blood of Jesus Christ. Now you may laugh, but let me tell you some of the chapters that are in this book. In chapter... Seven, it talks about being feeling completely clean. Completely clean. Untarnished. Pure. It's another chapter. How to apply the blood of Jesus. Chapter nine, freedom from condemnation. I share my own story in that, how God set me free from condemnation. I just couldn't get loosed from 
for a long period of time is power in the blood of Jesus. $15 at the information desk on the way out. Now, if you're not sure just how important Christmas is or the birth of Jesus is, then next time, just take a look at your phone or your computer or your calendar, and guess what? They all say in the same year. They all say 2018. Is that right? Does anyone's calendar say something different to that? No, 2018. So whatever people of the world or people of the world may believe about the birth of Jesus, it was so important that it split history into two parts. It divided history. So everything now is either dated before Christ or after Christ. My birth did not split history into two, nor did your birth, nor did the birth of any great religious leader that has ever lived. No one splits history into two except Jesus. He is the greatest of all. He has no rival. He has no equal. He is Christmas itself, the birth of the Savior. He is the greatest of all time, G-O-A-T. Some uh, sports people try and, you'll, you'll hear it from time to time. They try to claim that they're the greatest of all time. They point to their goatee, as it were, the goat, G-O-A-T. But hey, I'm telling you today, we know there is only one who is the greatest of all time. And his name is? No match, no equal, no rival. And we have the privilege of knowing him, loving him, and serving him. Wow, I don't think it gets any better than that. Christmas is the day that holds all time together. For centuries, men have kept an appointment with Christmas. It's just that important. Hardly anyone misses their appointment with Christmas, even those who don't even believe in Jesus. Never been to a church, they still keep their appointment with Jesus, with Christmas, sorry. Why? Because it's just that important. Gift number one, forgiveness. Unwrap it today. But then there's another one found in Isaiah 9, verse 6. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The second gift to unwrap today is peace of mind. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, the greatest source of peace on the planet. And he can give peace in situations that you would think it's impossible to have peace. Bible talks about peace that passes understanding. I've faced situations, I've thought, and I've had this peace, and I've thought, how can I have peace in this situation? It just seemed so difficult, so impossible. And I thought, maybe I'm forgetting something. Maybe I'm missing something. No, I wasn't missing anything. It was a supernatural peace that God can give. Unwrap the gift of peace of mind today. See, people today don't know what peace is or how to find it. For some people, peace means drinking so much to numb the pain and feel some peace. For others, it's taking drugs to get on a high so that somehow the distress within is removed, the discouragement, and they get lifted up. Others try and do it by keeping themselves so busy doing, 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 so they don't have to think about their problems, their troubles, their depression, their, their trauma. They, they just try to block it out of their minds and go, 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 go. At the end of go, 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 there's no peace. Others become workaholics and they just work like crazy because somehow they think, if I'm successful, I'll finally have some peace. Just doesn't work that way. There's only one way to true peace. That's a relationship with Jesus. Listen to my next point. 
The closer you get to Jesus, the more peace you can experience. Christmas points us to the answer. More peace. Peace that passes understanding. There's three things that rob us of peace, guilt, grief, and grudges. You don't have to walk in guilt because Jesus forgives every sin. But then there's grief that can take away our peace, and you may be struggling with grief today. Somehow Christmas brings all our emotions to the surface. Emotions are all heightened and sensitized. That's why Christmas is a really hard time for a lot of people, especially if you've had a hard year, or it's been difficult for you, or you've had losses or setbacks. So your emotions come to the fore, and you feel this grief, or maybe you've lost a loved one. You're never meant to carry the pain and the grief on your own. It was never the plan of God. And so Luke 4.18 says, He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus was sent to heal the brokenhearted. Some say that he died of a broken heart. I'm not sure, but, but he understands what a broken heart is. If you need healing from that, Jesus can do it. I read this incredible story that's inspiring, I think, of this woman who tragically lost her husband, and she was just heartbroken. She just could not recover. One day, she's driving along in her car, and she senses this presence in the car. And as she looks into the passenger seat, she actually sees Jesus sitting there. And in that moment, her broken heart was healed. Now, you probably won't have an encounter like that. I understand that. But the point I'm trying to make is our God is so great, so powerful. He can heal broken hearts. You know, grudges rob us of peace. We can feel resentful and grudging when others hurt us. You will be hurt in life, by the way, either intentionally or unintentionally, but you will be hurt. I've been hurt so many times. <laughs> it's just amazing. That's life, isn't it? Get hurt. How you respond to the hurt is going to determine the level of your happiness. You've got to know how to handle hurt and difficulties and struggles and all that kind of thing. So I want to say, let go any grudges you're holding today because they only hurt you, not the other person. The other person doesn't even know about it, doesn't even care. <laughs> They're gone, man, <laughs> and you're holding on to this thing, but you've got to let it go for your own sake, for your own peace of mind, because that's the way it works. And you say, but you, I can't do that. They hurt me too much. I can't forgive. You're right. You can't forgive, but that's why Jesus came, and he can give you the power to forgive. He can strengthen you by his spirit to Offer forgiveness. I encourage you to forgive. See, Christmas is about, not just about giving. Got to add F-O-R in front as well. It's also about forgiving. Yeah. This Christmas, give. Yeah, give, give, give. But also forgive, forgive, forgive. In fact, more important than giving, 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 I suggest you need to forgive, forgive, forgive. Because that's the one that's going to set you free and bring you happiness. Because if you don't forgive, you're going to be chained to the past. You're going to like you've got a, a chain around this leg. You're trying to move forward into the future God has for you, future in life, future with your family, future with your finances, future in relationships. But you're chained to this unforgiveness. 
You've got to break that chain, folks, and move forward and see what God can do in and through your life. Nothing destroys the spirit of Christmas more than unforgiven hurts and grudges. When you forgive, you don't change the past, but you do change your future. You got that? It's not going to change the past. Past is past. But hey, it sets you up for a great future. Martin Luther King Jr. said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. Maintain that capacity. It's so important. They don't deserve your forgiveness, but you deserve peace of mind. They absolutely do not deserve your forgiveness. Whatever they've done, they don't deserve it. But you deserve peace of mind. How do you get it? You get it by forgiving others. Luke 2, 12 to 14 says, This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace for who? Peace among men with whom he is pleased. Faith pleases God. You know, the world keeps talking about, you know, peace on earth and all the rest of it. Friends, they're not going to get peace on earth. It's not going to happen. It's for those who, with whom God is pleased. They're the ones who get peace of mind, peace of heart. Those who follow Christ, those who follow God. Christmas does not bring peace to all. It's only to his disciples. Jesus said in John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. It was only given to the disciples. The world can shout peace, peace, peace for as long as they want. But Jesus is the only source of true peace. Unwrap your second gift this Christmas. Peace of mind. Then there's one last gift, and which I think is the best gift of all. That's the gift of eternal life. Gift of living forever with Jesus in heaven. We read in Revelation chapter 20, listen to verses 11, 12, and 15. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what, was, what they had done as recorded in the books. Everything you do is recorded in the books, folks. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire, cast into hell and eternal darkness forever from which there is no return. Here's the facts. Fact number one is you are going to die one day. The de- when I last checked, the death rate remains steady at 100%. You are going to die. Sorry for the bad news on Christmas Day, but that's the facts. But secondly, we're going to spend infinitely more time of our life on the other side of death than our time on earth. Infinitely more. 
In this life, you might get 60, 70, 80, 90, God willing, maybe 100 years, should you desire that. You get that on earth, but on the other side, you have millions, billions of years. 100 years out of just, say, 100 million, which is just not even what it is, but 100 years out of 100 million is 0.00001% of your life. Yet most people live like this life on earth is everything. And I believe, friends, this is one of the most tragic mistakes you can ever make in your life, is to live as if this life is what really matters. And so you put all your effort, all your energy, all your time, all your resources to making yourself a good life here on this earth, which is for a moment, which is for a whisper, for a shadow and a vapor, and it's gone. Why would you spend everything, all your energy on a moment of time when you've got billions of years to face afterwards? You need to spend your life on earth pouring every ounce of your being, preparing for the billions of years that you've got after this moment is over. That's one of the greatest revelations you'll ever get in your life. If you can capture that, it will change your life entirely. You'll never walk the same again. You'll never live the same again. If you ever get that revelation, that this life is a moment, a second, a whisper, and then billions, billions, folks, of years on the other side. What are your billions of years going to look like? How do you prepare for the billions of years and not get lost in the moment? If you can do this, folks, wow, you've got it. How do you prepare? Number one, make sure you're saved. Make sure your sins are forgiven. Make sure you're going to heaven. At least you get to the right side on the other side. You don't go to hell, you go to heaven. That's number one. Secondly, how do you prepare for those billions of years? For the short moment you've got on earth, serve God with every ounce of strength that you can muster. With every fiber of your being, serve Jesus. Because how you serve God on earth in this moment, the second, the shadow, this whisper, determines your rewards for billions, billions of years. I can't stress this enough. It's everything, folks. Yet the majority of the world and the majority of Christians live for the moment, forgetting the billions of years to come. Three amazing gifts this Christmas, forgiveness, peace of mind, eternal life. These gifts are only found in Jesus. Can you imagine being given gifts at Christmas and not unwrapping them? Has anyone here ever not unwrapped your Christmas gifts? I mean, what a sin that would be. What a reproach to the giver. You don't even open your gifts. Imagine a year later, the gifts are still, what? You still haven't opened that? Didn't you know there was a $2 million check inside? You didn't open it. This Christmas, well, for many people, they go Christmas after Christmas after Christmas after Christmas after Christmas, and never unwrap the greatest gifts of all. They never unwrap the gift of forgiveness. They never unwrap the gift of peace of mind. They never unwrap the gift of eternal life with God forever in heaven. These three gifts are wrapped up in one person in the greatest gift ever given to mankind, the gift of God's only Son, Jesus. Unwrap the gift today and let Jesus change your life forever. Amen.